0: Okay, let's dive in, sermon time. Uh, we're starting a brand new series calling Believe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's going to last, uh, we never know when we start. We'll, we'll, I'd say at least four weeks, it might be six. We'll see how we go. And it's based upon four incredible chapters in the Bible in John's Gospel, John 14 to 17. Four amazing chapters only documented by John. You will not find them in Matthew, Mark, and Luke and to set the scene I want you first of all to imagine this and I appreciate this could be close to home and a bit personal so my apologies for this I want you to picture and imagine that you yourself are close to death and it's days or maybe even hours before um, before you are to pass away I wonder who you would most like to spend your time with who you would like around you. I wonder if you are able to, what conversations you might like to have with them. I wonder what you would say. I wonder what they would say to you. Wonder what the most important things you'd like those who you love to remember you for. These chapters that we're about to read over the next few weeks Give us an insight a personal insight into Jesus last hours before the cross John is one of his disciples John who writes about himself the disciple whom Jesus loved was literally there he was an eyewitness and an ear witness to the very words that Jesus spoke as he shared with the eleven remaining disciples in this most intimate of settings. It takes place at the uh, Last Supper. Jesus has uh, broken bread, he's given thanks, he's drank some wine, he's modeled to those believers and to millions of believers ever since the act that we performed and we did last week which is taking communion and remembering him and remembering his sacrifice. Judas has left and he's gone to set up the arrest and to betray him. Jesus and Peter have had the conversation when Jesus says, Peter I know you love me, I know you're saying that you'll do anything for me, but believe me you will deny me. And now he begins this conversation with the eleven. These four chapters are known as the farewell discourse and he begins to unpack some most intimate and precious things about Jesus' relationship with the Father and with their relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, our life group that leads uh, that happens on a Tuesday, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and it's just the most incredible conversation that we had, and we ended up praying for one another at the end as well. And uh, I get to practice a little bit with them on, on Tuesday, a little bit of what we're talking about this morning but it gives us this insight and understanding of the Trinity of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's our intention over the next few weeks is to unpack that, to look at that some more, to help us give us an understanding and insight into it. It's centered around Jesus and the Father, Jesus the Father, the Holy Spirit, and of course all of it begins to involve us as his creation man made in his image the relationship that we have with God the Father with God the Son with God the Holy Spirit and so let's dive in we're going to start at the very beginning which is chapter 14 and read a few verses and we're going to unpack them and see what we have to say now here's the thing I often say this when we read words is I am not an auditory learner okay so Chantelle is and she would be taking notes you're not taking notes dear what's wrong Oh, you are on your phone. Good, good. I'm glad to see that. Thank you. It's usually a notebook and a pen. Where's the where's that gone? Just don't know. Okay, so switch on the brain, visual learners, and kinesthetic learners. Tune it in, stick with the words, stick with my voice, stick with the ears. Here we go. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus knows that his death will bring devastation to his disciples. He knows the significant loss that it's going to take even though Jesus has already told them that he's going to have to suffer and die. He's already told them that. He knows they're just not going to get it. And so he begins this conversation with the very words. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Our hearts are troubled often. And actually, it's okay that they are. You know, Throughout life, we will lose heart. The last couple of years, I have lost heart in many ways. It has been really rotten. And I could use stronger words. It has been so difficult. And there's times when we've just lost heart. Oh, goodness, we can't do this. Oh, goodness, we've missed out on that. Oh, goodness. So many ways that we lose heart. We lose belief, lose our passion for something, we lose our trust in someone or maybe in God Himself. We lose that drive and determination and motivation perhaps that we once had. Throughout life we will be broken hearted. The ending of a relationship, it could be a romantic one, it could be a deep friendship, it could be uh, the ending of a relationship with a family member. Throughout life we will be saddened and have heavy hearts due to the loss of a loved one. It's okay to be troubled of heart. However, Jesus is speaking into what is to come because he knows what is to come. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. What is about to happen? What is going to happen in the next few hours? But don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. I will return I am going to pl- prepare a place for you. My father has many rooms. I remember at my father's uh, funeral many years ago now, uh, the, these words were read and it was something actually uh, that he sometimes talked about in the years leading up to his death. I think he knew the frailty of which he was living and I think he lived with a sense of Uh, sort of a a holy fear of flip I hope I get it get one of those rooms when I do go I hope he has gone there to prepare and I hope I get in (laughs) just this week on Thursday um, Anne Gamble who's part of our church we remembered her mum as she went to be with Jesus as she went to uh, be uh, in heaven with the father We know this now, that Jesus, post this conversation, was going to return. But he knew at the moment that it would cause devastation for them and significant loss. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. As the verses go on, as Jesus continues to speak, he says these words, you know the way to the place where I am going. They didn't really know. They didn't really understand, because he often talked figuratively. He often talked. They did know the way to get to where he was, but they just didn't understand the language in which he spoke. I love so often in the conversations, Jesus would speak figuratively on riddles or whatever it might be. It must be so difficult to someone who's a literal thinker. Uh, Those who are, are on the spectrum would really, really struggle. Uh, with understanding many of the pictures uh, and words in which Jesus used to describe things Thomas God love him it wasn't Peter this time he's still reeling from the fact that he's gonna go and deny Jesus so maybe Peter had his mouth shut so Thomas uh, jumps in and he says Lord we don't know where you are going so how can we know the way it's a good question Thomas reaction is classic at other times he says he's basically saying we don't even know where you're going how on earth are we going to know how to get there Jesus explains and we continue to read stick with it please folks as best as we can try and glean in the information glean in the words that Jesus spoke then and he speaks to us today he answers I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me if you really know me you will know my father as well from now on you do know him and have seen him Philip he then pipes up and he says Lord show us the father that will be enough for us Jesus answered don't you know me Philip even after I have been among you such a long time anyone who has seen me has seen the father how can you say show us the father don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it Wow we could camp out on these verses for weeks actually just these verses but I wanna highlight just a few. Hands up if you've heard the band, the Christian band, Delirious. I'm just interested, so maybe about half of you, great. Okay, so I kinda of grew up with Delirious, they were kinda of my era, the, guy, the band members were about my sort of age, maybe just slightly older, led by a great uh, songwriter, musician, worship leader called Martin Smith. Back in the day, back in the 90s, into the 2000s or the O's or whatever they were called, the noughties, I think is what they were called. And um, Chantelle and I often used to go to watch Delirious when they were in town. So whenever they are in Belfast, the Waterfront or the Ulster Hall or wherever it was, we used to often go and watch them. We used to get free tickets which was quite nice and the reason we got free tickets is because their tour manager was one of my best friends, his name's Ian. and. We kind of, you know, as you kind of move away, as I have now for 20 years, you begin to kind of lose touch with your nearest and dearest and your closest pals. And it was kind of like our yearly get together. Like Ian would text me or call me and say, hey, the lyrics are playing on such and such a date, do you want tickets? Of course we want tickets, yes please. But the beauty of it, because he worked directly for them and with them, he would always stick us on the guest list. That, that's kind of the reaction I was looking for thanks for playing along and so we used to get free parking we used to get backstage passes and so we, we would get the hospitality we would get to meet the band and all that sort of thing and whenever the show was over we would kind of slip in through the the side door we don't have one here but something into the backstage and all the rest and it was all very exciting we got to do that which was a lot of fun Ian was the way to delirious we got in because of him and Jesus is the way to the father you see as we read the Old Testament we read that the people of God had relationship with God through a person Moses Moses goes up and down the mountain. He gets the law. He gets the commandments, the ways in which we're to live our life, trying really desperately hard to keep ourselves clean, to keep ourselves free of sin so that we can have relationship with the Father. And throughout, we read through the Old Testament. It's often through a person, through the kings, through the judges, through the prophets that would have spoken on behalf of the people. And then we have the temple, the place, the building where the Ark of the Covenant, where the presence of God, where the tablets of stone resided, and that's where his presence was. And once a year, the high priest got to go in behind the Holy of Holies, the special place where the Ark was kept. But the people were left very much on the outside. And it was through Jesus, who is the way that we have the way to the Father through Him. That's why He came. He came to show us the way, to provide through His death upon the cross and through His resurrection that we would have relationship with Him. That is called the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the good news. And we must continue to remind ourselves, actually, It's our sin that keeps us from him. And it's only through the blood of Jesus that we are set free, that we are cleansed, that we are forgiven, and that we have right relationship with God. Jesus is the way. He's the truth and the life. As we uh, move into the rest of the passage we begin to see this unique relationship that Jesus has with the Father. He says, the Father is in me. I do the things the Father's doing. Philip asks this question, just show us the Father. And Jesus is like, I don't need to show you the Father. Don't you know me? You've been with me for such a long time, Philip. You've been, we've been together for three years. We've covered hundreds of miles together, traveling from town to town, village to village to the cities. We've laughed, we've cried, we've camped, we've sat around campfires, we've eaten together. You've helped give out bread and fish when we fed the 5,000. You've seen me show grace and mercy to the woman who was caught in adultery. You saw me cleanse the person who had leprosy. You've seen me open the ears and give sight to the blind. You have seen... And heard of all the stories that I've told about lost coins and lost sons and parables about mustard seeds and shepherds. You've seen how I interact with children, how I love them and how I give dignity and honour to women. You've seen me heal so many people. And yet you've seen me upset, burdened and annoyed with the religious people that have caused people to jump over all kinds of barriers to try and get close to my Father. You've seen all these things, Philip. This is who I am. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. I don't need to show you the Father. I've shown you Him because I do what I see Him doing. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words I speak, I only speak because He gives them to me. He's the one doing the work. Jesus is just acting like a conduit. Jesus explains further, and he sort of helps him, those who are struggling to believe, maybe just on the words that he's saying. And Jesus says, Well, if you don't believe my words come from him, at least believe on the evidence of the works that you've seen me do. See for yourself what I do. It's not me doing, but rather the Father in me. We begin to see and begin to understand this unique relationship between the Father and the Son. You've heard the well-known phrase, he's like a chip off the old block when you look at the son or you look at the daughter. It's just like a reflection and just behaves and acts so much like, uh, like the father or the mother. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, will do the works I have been doing just pause for a moment let's put ourselves as the receiver of these words jesus says very tell very truly i jesus tells you whoever believes in me will do the works the stuff as we call it in vineyard i have been doing and now the most challenging verse in the bible i think and they will do even greater things than these because i'm going to the father jesus now has been saying everything that i've been doing has come from the father but he's preparing them remember the context of the conversation that they're having together they're around the table they've eaten and he's preparing them for what is to come Very soon he's going to tell, I'm going to the Father, and I'm going to leave it entrusted to you. And you're going to be my hands and my feet, and you're going to do the very things that I did. And you're going to do even greater things than me, because I'm going to the Father. We see this gear shift come between Jesus and the Father, to Jesus the Father, and to us. just looking through my notes to see what I want to say we'll end with the end of the reading just skipping through Jesus says I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son you that's us may ask me that's Jesus for anything in Jesus' name And he will do it. God is inviting us to do the very things that he did. As who we are, we we talk about this, but we need to do this. It's one thing talking about things. It's another thing actually doing them. The reason Jesus healed the sick, cast out demons, is because the Father was in him doing those things. And we as a people, um, those of you who've been with us for a long time, you'll know this. If you're new to us, here's what we think. We think, we don't think, we know that God shows up in our lives and wants to show up through our lives. And he's inviting us to pray for the sick. He's inviting us to uh, fulfill the very things that Jesus did. He's inviting us to go to the lonely, to the oppressed, to set the captives free, to provide recovery of sight to the blind. And he's inviting us. He's not inviting me because I'm the paid person to do it. My job is to help you to do it that's what I get paid for is to equip the saints for ministry and it's our ministry because Jesus has entrusted us to actually do the stuff and we're going to do that right now without worship we're just going to go for it and we're going to pray but we do it because he's in us If we do it, if we pray for the sick, we pray and we're praying in our own power and our own strength, nothing is going to take place. Nothing's going to happen. We only do it because God is in us.